You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with my husband, Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Here is episode 92, Mold Exposure at Work. Before we get started on this episode, a short or not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed herein. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 20 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all solo podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley, and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist, and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon about mold and dealing with mold in your home at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Steve Worsley. And if you're interested in scheduling a mold consultation over the phone consultation with Steve, you can be sure to find out more about those and his availability at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast, Steve. We are talking about mold exposure at work. Yes. And uh, during this pandemic, that could be your home or if you still have to travel to the office, your workplace or your office might be maybe you're an over the road truck driver. So when we say workplace, it can be wherever you're spending a lot of time doing work. That's very, very true. So what do people need to think about? Because I think most people think my workplace, when it's a big corporate building, of course, they've checked for mold. Of course, they make sure everything's fine. If they're a teacher working in an elementary school, of course, even though it's an old building, they're checking for that. What do you say to that? Well, it's interesting to hear you say that because I, I, I actually, I deal with a lot of that where people just assume, you know, well, it's it's a whatever huge high rise office building. I'm sure that I'm sure they they are doing that. And my question always is is so if you if you believe they're doing that, and I'm not saying your 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 employer's not, but if you do, have you ever seen anybody there like doing a mold inspection or running air tests, or are you ever told, hey, uh, this weekend nobody can come into the office because we have a company coming in to do radon testing or whatnot. And that, that's what I'd ask our listeners. Like, it's easy to assume that your employer's doing it, but for the most part, they won't. And you touched on something that, and we've talked about this before, that's very interesting. So we're in Wyoming, so I, I can't speak to the whole United States. But from what I know, I do not believe there's any state in the United States that requires mold testing or radon testing in the schools. And that can be from elementary I call it junior high and high school. 
people call it different things, middle schools or yeah. whatever. Uh, you, you understand what I'm saying, but they don't, they, it's not required. And I've told you this story. Um, you know, I approached the school district and said, Hey, I'll do this pro bono. Can I do radon testing? And the principal thought it was great until he talked to the district, which is the, whatever you want to call it. The, the powers that be. The powers that be and said, um, no. Because they don't want to know. Exactly. Because they don't want to know. So it's a, you know, I don't, I don't want to discredit our listeners, employers, but it's, it's easy to assume, but I, I'd put money on it. They're not, they're, I'm not saying they're not looking out for your best interest, but they're probably not doing that type of testing. I think what's shocking to me though, are the number of stories I've seen where rampant mold was found in elementary schools, in middle schools, in high schools, in college locker rooms, in dorm rooms. And they didn't actually get handled till enough people complained and enough people got sick where at the threat of being sued, those entities fixed it. Right. And it's so, like you were saying, you know, I remember... Remember in school, I wasn't Miss Smarty Pants like you were, so I spent a lot of time looking up at the ceilings, and <laughs> maybe I was pr- or, uh, practicing being an inspector way back then, but I always remember looking up and like, man, there's a lot of water stains up here, and they would be there the entire school year, but then the next year they'd be gone. Yeah. And if you think about it, those are acoustical tiles is what they use up there, so they, you know, they're just those little squares, and during the summer months, you know, the maintenance team... They go up there and just replace those. And I guess my point behind that is, is they probably only replace those ceiling tiles and they don't, I'm not saying, like I said, I want to be careful because I don't want to accuse people of, of, of neglect, but they probably don't address what's causing the leaks, whether there's mold, you know, up in the attic area or whatever areas above it. So going back to what you were saying with schools and whatnot, the biggest problems we run into in the mold industry is the fact that it's so hard to prove, you know, your child's getting sick at school or from the gym mm-hmm. because in a court of law, they could say, well, how do you know this? And you can say, well, we did air tests and we did this and we did that, but there's still that level of doubt that maybe your, your child's getting sick at mold in your own home. So, mm-hmm. so that's why it's so difficult. It's just, it's a... You know, I, I we've talked about the pandemic, and I what do I say to you all the time? Like, I wish they cared enough about mold and yeah. radon as they do COVID. Not and I'm not saying they shouldn't care about COVID, but it's, it's kind of interesting what we choose to focus on. And mold and radon is major problems. It's just not a pandemic. Mold's an epidemic. Absolutely. But going to your point of what, determining where the mold problem originates from, how does a person even know that their mold problem really is at work versus at home? You really don't. And I know that sounds, it's not the answer people want to hear. And here's why I say this. Unless you can prove there is no mold in your car, there's no mold uh, at home, there's no mold in the grocery store you're going to twice a week, it's very difficult because you could have a little bit of mold at home or maybe a little bit of mold in your car and a lot of mold at work, but our bodies all respond differently to mold. Yeah. So you could you could be at work and feel fine and then get home after being exposed to the mold and get sick. Or you can be at work and get sick when you're exposed to the mold. Does that make sense? That does make sense. So it's uh, 
you know, like I said, our bodies are all different. You know, I'm talking about COVID. It's there's so many variables and underlying conditions that would affect, you know, or determine what affects people. So it's 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 complex. But to to go back to what your question is to for our listeners, document everything you can. Yeah, and and document where you feel, how you feel, when you feel better. Document mm-hmm. the places where you actually feel better. How long how- you're, you know. How long you have the symptoms for? Right. Like, like, you know, what, what I do is totally different than what probably a lot of our listeners do. So, you know, I'm in different places all the time. Let's just say, you know, our listeners, they spend half their day at the office building in this area and then the other half somewhere else. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It could be, well, they could be whatever scientists and they're at their desk for part of the day and then down in the lab. So make sure you're documenting where you're at. But on top of that, you, you have to be looking around to, I mean, just saying, well, I was, I, I know some water stains in the cafeteria, so I know that's what's making me sick. It's not going to help a whole lot. No, it's not. No. And so there's a lot of it that's documentation. But let's say, and also, wouldn't you say if they're getting a regular, like you suggest in so many different forums, your courses, your books, if they're getting their home tested for mold on a regular basis... Mm-hmm then they would know if their mold levels are what they need to be in their home. Right. So let's say they're already doing that. They're documenting. They figure they can really isolate it to work. They know it's not their car. They know it's not their home. It's their work. How do you even begin to bring that up with your employer? That's where it's, that's where it's very difficult. Um, you know, we, we have been through it or listeners have been through it. You might work for companies that, they love their employees. They, they're very proactive. And you work for companies that they don't care. It's just, you know, do what you're told and collect a paycheck. So I guess the, the best way to answer that is, is our listeners, they need to assess, you know, the type of employer that they're dealing with or their boss. Because if you're already looked at like the hypochondriac and yeah, you know, they listen to this podcast and this guy thinks that everything causes mold sickness, which I hopefully our listeners don't think that. But they you could be viewed as, you know, you're just the negative Nancy and everything's mold and whatnot. And then you bring it up and then everybody else, it just piles on, if that yeah. makes sense. So, but on the flip side, you could have where, you know, you have a group, you know, three or four of you that are saying, you know, every time I'm in here, I can smell mold. It's mm-hmm. really moldy. Like, we see mold, there's water stains. Like, you know, if you can kind of get a group together, that obviously helps. And it goes back to what you were talking about with schools. It, mm-hmm. The larger number you have, the better off you are. But once again, it's I, I'm very careful, and I'm sure you can tell, and my li- the listeners can tell, it's a, it's a tough line for me to walk to say, well, you should go do this, because I don't want to get anybody fired. Exactly. And it goes back to what we were talking about. And when it comes to mold and, and uh, the legal aspect of it, and just so our listeners know, I'm not a lawyer, so this is not legal advice. It's very difficult to prove mold. Like if, if you were to be fired because you went and asked about something, it, it's so tough to, to you know say that they fired you out of retaliation or whatnot. So you have get, to walk a very fine line. Yeah. So I guess the best answer is, is you know, just know who you're working for. And how to address it. Because approach is everything. Yes, it is. I also think it's challenging if you are now somebody who used to work in an office, but now you're working from home due to the restrictions of your state. 
and you rent a place that's kind of crappy and you know your landlord doesn't take care of that place, but you're working from home, I don't think there's much way to really deal with the landlord no, on it either. No, we, we had, um, and I'm not going into any details, but we, I, had, I got an email um, a couple months ago and it was, it was a terrible email over what had happened. Um, and it was just, it was just terrible. The landlord, just the all aspects of it were terrible. And it, when I hear things like that, it's just, it, it, it's so difficult when it's a rented place mm-hmm. because the landlords and, you know, I, I call them slumlords, but they just, you know, the name of the game is kind of like an insurance company. You don't want to pay out anything. Well, they don't want to be put, they don't, they don't want to pay for mold mitigation. No. They don't want to pay for the testing. And at the end of the day, if you're a renter, if you want that stuff done, you're going to have to pay for it. And I'm clear with our clients, like, just so you know, <laughs> what, what we're doing, you have to pay for. Now, can you get your landlord to pay for it? Maybe if you take them to court, but it's, you can't force the landlords to do anything. And it, it goes back to what I said about schools. It's kind of, to me, it's kind of crazy. You, the consumer or renters or whatever you would like to call it, just, I don't feel like health wise, we're looking out for them as, as a, from a government perspective or regulations. And I don't like regulations, but you know, there are things that should be regulated. And I think that's one of them. So what, what is your call to action then when people feel like maybe they suspect there's mold in the corporate building they work with, or maybe there's suspected mold in a house that they're renting and they're all, what do you tell them to do? So we talked about documentation, but make sure that you are, especially like as a renter in writing, you're notifying your landlord. When I say writing, a text or an email, something that you can get a response that is from time there. stamped. Exactly. Yeah. So that you can say, Hey, I reached out to you. Mm-hmm. You chose not to respond. If you're at work, you know, make sure you're documenting, you're looking for water stains. Now, you don't need to be Inspector Gadget and try to go, you know, check out the boiler room at the, the basement of your <laughs> building, but, but be proactive on what, what's going on around you in, in the workplace and make sure you're documenting it. Absolutely. Well, you, you heard it there. And then make sure that you find the CNC Contractor Services Facebook page. Yes. And, and like it. And uh, if you know anybody, as far as this podcast, you know, I get I get people that reach out quite often. And, you know, they, a lot of it's coming through this podcast. So if you know anybody that's, you know, thinks it could be mold or they have indoor air quality concerns or a lot of stuff we talk about, it's just like home maintenance. So have them follow us on iTunes or SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Yep. Perfect. Follow the podcast and subscribe. Yep. And make sure Valentine's Day is coming up, so make sure you buy your significant other something. Not a vacuum. Why not? It's, it's, it really helps with mold. <laughs> no. If you want a happy life, it's called happy wife, just like you guys don't. <laughs> well, I was just thinking vacuums are very handy when it comes to, to preventing mold in your home. Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> but you probably can't convince your partner that and say, well, Steve... Steve said on the podcast. No, now if you're buying a Peloton, yes, please buy them a Peloton. <laughs> they will appreciate that. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Prevent toxic mold exposure before it gets in your home. Download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist. Again, download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist.